What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back. We are in episode, I want to say, nine, maybe episode 10. I'm going to double check that. Probably should know that, but it's okay. Um, and today, guys, I have a very, very, very special guest. I have my friend Mike from All the Food is All for Me, one of the best pages that have come around. Um, he's had crazy growth recently. He's got a great show on there. And we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about food, about alcohol, about life and uh 2020 and yeah so mike uh welcome by the way um, thanks so do a little uh do a little intro tell the people you know who you are what the page is about you know stuff like that and sure uh, yeah well firstly thanks for having me on i appreciate that um you're always a delight to, to talk to um so yeah my name is mike uh valorelli and i have a page called all the food is all for me and basically it started as my personal Instagram and I kind of realized that I was, there's some sirens in the background. I realized that I was um, posting more sandwiches than I was of anything else. And I figured, Hey, why not just make it a full blown, you know, food Instagram page. And I, I just kind of went with it and uh, yeah, that's kind of what it's turned into food and, you know, some family stuff, but mostly, mostly pizza sandwiches and tacos. Well, I think, I think it's kind of cool too, because I, I do like the pages that, do blend together like a little bit of like personal stuff with what's going on because it kind of like rounds you out like as a person like it's always nice to see those you know those uh those pages that have just like strictly you know whatever but even some of the food instagrams that i follow that have like a couple million subscribers they always sprinkle it a little bit about like their family or what they're doing or like activities it's it's more about making it all well-rounded so that i've always liked that aspect of it which is cool um and yeah i mean so and you so i know when was your first actual like when did you really start exclusively just posting like you know, that's it i'm just gonna post mainly like food content you know i think ironically enough it was actually right around the time my daughter was born um so which like makes three years ago, like right? four years ago four years yeah ago. okay which uh which doesn't make a lot of sense but basically i have a friend who uh you know said to me one day he's like mike why don't you just make your page like full-blown food you know food blog just do it and I was like, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, people don't really like the pictures that I posted right now. So I don't know how good of an idea that is, but I just said, Hey, what the hell? I'll just do it. And I did it. And, uh, it started to kind of, you know, blossom a little bit and people started following me and asking me questions and stuff. So yeah, I did like sandwich reviews and I just kind of, you know, I, I kept doing it and regardless of what anybody told me at that point. And I think I think what was what was cool is when before Mike Tales, which we'll get into, and before you had a lot of growth with your following, which was awesome recently. Um, I'll get into that too. But thanks, uh, man. Before any of that, even you still posted these great reviews, and it was for like even just like you did like a Popeyes chicken sandwich, you did like the cheese it, uh, like you, like you know what I mean? You did what, what was it like the cheese it? Um, Various cheese its. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was like a cheese it. Uh, what was it like a like a like a like the snapped. Yeah, the snapped. Oh the, no, the the Pizza Hut cheeses. There you go, the Pizza Hut. Yeah. Cheez -It. Like, and the thing is, like, you don't see too too many Instagrams that do reviews of like fast fast food like that, like you know that much. Which is, in a way, though, it was good. I mean, that was the reason I tried the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Which wow, was it was it was good. I just uh, I think the one that I got though was a little bit soggy, and it was kind yeah, of, you know. And I love Popeyes, but I ate that, and I was kind of like, I feel like I could make a version of this. That's just like you know, like just yeah. Um, it's it, easy to get in the heat of the moment of the buzz of those things too, when you're yes. reviewing them. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what, I mean, cause I was, you know, you think about the lines down the block and people were waiting for it and yeah. I had this all built up in my mind and I ate it and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> um, which is, you know, which was fine, but no, I, uh, I, I always liked those reviews, which was great. Um, Thanks, so was, all right. So was there, so it was more like a transition. I guess one of my questions was like, was there like a single meal? I asked this to a couple of people. Like, is, was there like mm -hmm. a meal where you were just like, like, like I need to, like, I need to post this. Like, even if before you decided to go all food, like, was there something where you were just like, I need to take a picture of this, you know? Like, I mean, there, I, I, I'm trying to think, I mean, I remember my earliest memory of posting something that I really freaked out about and it was such a bad photo. Um, it was, it was pizza uh, at Lucali in Brooklyn, okay. which I don't know if you've been, but no, in my opinion, it's you know, Lucali is just like my favorite pizza that I've ever had. Probably even I, I've been to Italy and like, I, you know, no, no disrespect to you know, Italy, but it was just, I, I took a really shitty picture of this pizza 
and I feel like my caption kind of maybe made up for it, but that was like the first time I, I, I posted something where I was like, shit, I, I believe in this, you know, like, I, right, exactly. um, and that was kind of, that was maybe like six, six years ago. Oh. Um, but that was before all this, but like, I guess like the video reviews kind of, you know, for me, like just freely talking about something like a Popeye's chicken sandwich or something from pizza hut. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I could be passionate about shit like that. I don't really care. You know what I mean? And Which is I, good, though. I mean, you should be passionate about it. Like, no one wants to see you eat something from pizza and be like, yeah, it's good. Even if you hate it, people want to see you, like, you know, give a shit about what you're, you know, shoving into your mouth, you know? Yeah, I guess on the flip side, people are like, really? You were that passionate about the Popeyes? Like, Popeyes? Really? You know like, it was I'd really rather, that good? I'd rather be passionate about, you know, only Popeyes than just, you know, completely blase about everything. I agree. I agree. So how did this tie into, so you did this for a while. You were at the time um, until uh, earlier this year, I think, right? You were working for a gourmet food company. Is that right? Um, yes. So I don't know. I, just tell me a little bit. Like how did, like, well, first of all, what did you do there? If you don't mind st- talking about it. And then sure. like, how did that, did that like help at all with like, did you get like a better appreciation for food? How did that, you know? Yeah. Well, I worked for, I basically have been working in the food industry for the last, like, I guess like eight years from the top to the the bottom of the top rather basically um you know i started working in restaurants and then by the time i met my now wife i developed into working for like food-based companies whether it be distributors or you know purveyors and uh, most recently i was working for a company called albert Ooster imports aui fine foods doing like sales basically sales consulting um selling pastry ingredients like specialty pastry ingredients so I was working a lot with restaurateurs, chefs, you know, F&B managers at hotels, things of that nature. And then most recently from there, I was working for a company called Gourmet Foods International, um, which is another like specialty food company. They have a lot of cheese and stuff like that. So I was able to just like, you know, go and see chefs, say hello to them, kind of make, become friends with these chefs. A lot of really well, world-renowned chefs too. Like work was not work to me. I would, I would you know, I leave my house and go and visit somebody at like La Bernadette and the Mandarin hotel and just walk into the kitchen and they'd be like, Hey Mike. And I, it was just such a pleasure to be able to do it. Um, and then the, you know, having my Instagram page, I think for the most part, like helped matters because those chefs would follow me on Instagram and, you know, like, like whatever I was posting for the most part. Um, sometimes I think the people that I was working for maybe got a little bit you know, weary of it, but you know, that's I did it on my off hours yeah, for the most a, part. So. Yeah, it's, right. it's not like yeah. you were interrupting the day to do it. But I mean, that's, I mean, that's the ideal, that's yeah. the, that's the ideal situation that you want to be in though. I mean, you want to not feel like you're working, right? I mean, that's, that's what yeah. everyone wants is yeah. like, you know, anything is, is hard work, but you don't necessarily want to feel like you're, you know, stuck there. You know what I mean? Like you want to feel exactly. like you're passionate about what you're doing, which a lot of us don't get the opportunity to do that. So that's, I never know. did. I never did until I started working for AUI. I mean, that was really, it was such a, such a gift. And in hindsight, you know, I actually left that company for GFI and, you know, it it was just a a real, just a great experience overall. I really, I, I I kind of felt at the time that I was doing it, that it was too good to be true for some reason, because a lot of people got laid off a lot of people, you know, because of this whole thing that's been going on the last year. So, but yeah, but definitely a, a, a real, a real pleasure. Well, so, and that, so that, and that, and you would develop the page and that led into what I want to go over next is Mike Tales. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Mike Tales is a live Instagram show that Mike hosts. And uh, I was on a few of the episodes, earlier episodes. Uh, first guest pretty much. I think, yeah, one of them. And um, yeah. you, it, it's, it's kind of cool. You, you agree ahead of time on the alcohol that you're going to use. Uh, you bring somebody on, you make cocktails, you talk. It's usually anywhere between 40 minutes and an hour, right? Give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's it, it's just it's a great concept. It's really really cool. And Thanks. Um, I mean, you went pretty recently too. You're you're following like boosted up. I mean, you're at like about twenty one thirty, just about like now like followers, which was think so. up from like what it was. And like I don't know, thirty I mean, followers. Yeah. The thing is, like, I found it cool because like, was it the consistent? Like, did you find comfort in the consistency of like knowing? All right, I'm gonna do a weekly show, and it's kind of like a you know, it's like a staple now instead of just because I feel like some food pages just go out there and are just fishing for content all the time. And is it kind of like better to know, like, yeah, you're going to post food in between you, you still consistently do, but you've got this like weekly staple, you know what I mean? That, you know, 
pretty much you're going to record for the exception of, you know, off things here and there. Like, is that, is that like comforting or do you feel like that's like, shit, I have to record this way. I got to, you know what I mean? It's, it's really comforting. I mean, thanks, you know, for all the nice things you said about it. I really, it started as something that was kind of a joke, you know, like, and actually somebody, a friend of mine, again, like this is all coming from like friends, but I have no original ideas. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> a friend of mine saw one of the videos that I did of, of me making a drink and she, she was like, you should really like develop that into something. Cause it was really fun to watch. And I was like, Oh, because I don't really believe anything nice that anybody says about me ever. Um, you know, but uh, sometimes I do, but um, so I, I basically from there, I, I started doing more videos and um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I'm able to do it every week. It's, it's, it's just like, it's fun. It's like, sometimes I get a little bit intimidated by, you know, by who I have on the show. Like, yeah, I don't know bro, if you watch. Oh yeah. We're about to talk about that. Um, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But go ahead. But yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, I'm just surprised that people are coming on it every week. I'm, I'm so thankful and excited that like I get to interview some of the people that I've interviewed thus far. Like it's like, I, I literally do like I pinched myself about it. It's nuts. Well, and that's the thing I want to talk. So aside from uh, me, you've had other very famous, uh, <laughs> other famous, people, other famous notable people aside from myself. Uh, I mean, this wasn't last week. I think it was the, maybe the week before or maybe in the week before that, but you want to tell, you know, I'll, I'll let you tell everyone who you had the honor of uh, interviewing on the show. <laughs> well, I had, this is still, I'm, I watched the episode. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I don't know how I did. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, the show chopped. I'm a big fan of the show chopped. I've always been um, a judge on the show. Manit Chohan, who's just a lovely woman. She's not only, you know, on television, she's, just a full blown restaurateur, chef, you know, consultant. She does so much. And yeah, she was on the show two weeks ago. We've been in talks for a while about it. And I, I just couldn't believe that she agreed to do it. And um, I was so nervous. And, you know, it was like, it, I was really starstruck, you know, not that I wasn't before I, I have been, but with her, I was like, you know, I was just in awe and she was so sweet and it couldn't have been more fun than it was. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it, she seemed like a genuinely nice person. But I think I think what a lot of people like, and the reason she probably didn't have a problem coming on the show, is you, you make things very like relatable. Like, and even like even like Mike Tales, it doesn't seem like a very stri- like you have clearly written out ahead of time, like you know what you want to ask. But in those gaps and in the in between, you're just kind of like you know you're there, you're just having a conversation with people. And I think I think that's what people really like about certain shows, you know. Thanks, and I, I think, I mean, that's the, I mean, the fact that you got her was unbelievable. Like when I saw you <laughs> post that, like, oh, this is going to be my guest. I was just like, fuck. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I was like that. I, I, oh, I just, you God. know, yeah. I mean, I, it, it was nuts. And, and she's, she's so cool. And, and, and like, you know, people really responded to her really, really well and just got excited about it. And it made me happy because, you know, again, like just being able to talk to these people is just such a such a reward for yeah. somebody who's such a nerd about food and <laughs> and i thought i sounded like a complete idiot talking to her but apparently i didn't and that's cool i'm happy about that yeah. so that's a win 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 for me and and i was just stoked and i i still am stoked about it it's just i yeah it's it's amazing and it's awesome and i'm i'm looking forward to uh tomorrow's your recording right tomorrow tomorrow yeah i have a uh, comedian actress rachel feinstein uh tomorrow nice. and she's she's hilarious so that'll be cool it, you know barring any crazy shit that's going to go down in the next 24 12 hours or whatever. yeah so for those of you this is not going to be released on the night but for those of you listening uh and or watching on uh, my youtube channel that nobody fucking visits um oh that's this awesome. is uh, uh this is election night actually so uh, mike and i figured what better way to kill kill time until 8 p.m eastern standard till the results start pouring in to you know, <laughs> try to try to ease our nerves a little bit as i, um, I pour know, more bourbon as you, so yeah so tell me about the bourbon i'm actually as as you may know as we've talked about i am a complete bourbon slut like i love bourbon and i've been drinking bourbon for years that was one of the first hard alcohols my dad had me try when i was a kid i love um, that yeah it was like when he was when i was like super young he was like here you need to you need to try this not like you know not you know but uh yeah he wasn't like giving me a bottle like right, let's go you know um, <laughs> no, yeah yeah but like, I, don't uh, judge. I, I think it's kind of cool that he introduced it to me when I was super young. Cause he's, he's really passionate about bourbon. Like he has very specific tastes and he was always kind of like on a mission to find like the best bourbon that didn't cost like 50, $60. You know what I mean? And cause it, you can do that. And I mean, yeah. most, I don't know how, I mean, you know, alcohol clearly, 
But um, yeah. I mean, I within, the past, within the past like <laughs> 10 years, uh, there was this bourbon that he found, I want to say almost like, yeah, probably a decade ago. And he, he brought it home and it was like $24 for like a liter. He was like, you got to try this. Mm. And I looked at it and I saw the name and I saw Weller. I'm like, no, that, you know, that doesn't sound like much, whatever. I drank it and I'm like, this tastes like it was a fucking $50 bottle. It's insane. Yeah. Now, uh, if any liquor stores can get it, uh, the leaders I've seen the special reserve ones go for like $86. <laughs> like, cause people, is, yeah. people caught on. They were just like, oh, this is one of the best tasting bourbons. Like your, your and, dad's at like, like a trailblazer. That's why. So I just like, now I just pay attention to what he drinks like very yeah. carefully. <laughs> I love that. You know? But um, I love bourbon. So, so, so tell me about what you're drinking. Tell me about the bourbon that you're. Well, I am. So a little bit of a story with this, but I'm drinking Russell's Reserve and I had never had this. And I actually, I guess it's tied back to Mike Tales because um, a couple of months ago, I guess I, I'll call it season one of Mike Tales. I had uh, Marianne Eves on the show and she was, uh, she's Kentucky's first female master distiller. That's right. I saw that show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Another she was awesome. just yeah, complete she was great. gem of a person, delight. So like such a rock star in the industry. Um, she, I asked her what I should drink, and she had told me Russell's. She said there was a Russell single barrel. I couldn't find it, so I found this instead, and it was like this is like maybe I feel like this was like fifty bucks, but um, which I don't like. To, I don't normally spend that. That's on, about on, like on my liquor. unless it's something special. That's like my cap usually. That's like I'll spend yeah. about up to that. Because after yeah. that, I'm just like, it's not, you know, you're just, you know. And yeah, I, I don't really like to spend over 50 bucks on it, a wine, liquor, or anything. Right. But I got to say, it's it's really, really good. Um, good. And, yeah. And I thank you, Marianne, for introducing me to this. Uh, it, yeah, it's a great bottle. It's super smooth and um, just really nice to drink neat. I'm actually drinking it on the rocks, which I don't do a lot anymore. But I figured, hey, like I should water it down a little bit. It's a Tuesday. Yeah, that's true. I started uh, I started being a hero and adding ice uh, in the past couple of years because I that's I had a I came to love bourbon so much that I would hate you know the ice and I tried the whiskey stones a couple times. I don't care what anyone tells me; those don't work. They they work for like a few minutes and then it's just kind of like you just have rocks in your drink. You know, it's like yeah. I, I've unless I have just been buying the wrong kind, I have not been able to find some that even if I keep them in the freezer for for a week. They don't like stay consistently kind of cold and right. it's like, it's frustrating, but I kind of like bourbon. That's like a little bit like room temp, you know, like recently I, I add ice because like you said, it's a Tuesday and I'm like, well, I got to wake up at 6am. I can't, you know, um, but I don't know. I like it when it's like a little bit room temp because I feel like the aromas and the flavors come out a little more. Like I agree. Bur- bourbon, unlike, you know, scotch whiskey or unlike uh, just, you know, bullshit, like American whiskey, whatever um it's got like a little bit of sweetness to it which is yeah. it's, it's not like sugary like crappy bourbons can be like sugary but yeah. bourbon has this like very subtle sweetness and i feel like that actually comes out a little bit more when it's a little warmer because yeah. when it's not shocking your tongue with all the taste buds you can actually like allow the different flavors to hit different places in your mouth you know totally and, i mean that's why like when i when i drink single malt scotch like very good scotch which is rare I usually go for Lagavulin, which okay. has been a favorite of mine. My wife uh, got I, – I wanted to try it for, like, years, and then one birthday, my wife got it for me, and I was just like it, – it tastes like you're swimming inside of an oak barrel. That's the only way I can wow. describe it. And that that bottle will cost, like, you know, easily $80, but it's not something that you buy every fucking day unless – It's special. Yeah, and it's not the same as, like, Johnny Walker Blue. Johnny Walker Blue is, like um, – um, uh, it's um, a blended scotch, and blended scotch is different than single malt, you know? Um, right. I haven't done a scotch episode yet, and I'm, 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 we should I mean, probably if, do that. <laughs> if we can do that and we can arrange and we can get – if you can get Lagavulin, I mean, I don't know if you drink single malt at all. but uh, I don't really ever drink scotch, to be honest. I, I, I'm, I feel like I don't know a lot about scotch. I'm intimidated by it probably just because I've, I've had – you know, bourbon's always been like my thing. And now rye. Um, rye yeah, rye is good. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't really like dove into like the Scotch world, and I want it's, to because yeah. it's so cool. It's like well, it's complex. A whole, and... Yeah, it's a whole other world when you go there. Like you know, if you have like Macallan stuff like that, like all yeah, these, like single barrel ones. And right, um, I don't know bourbon. I feel like is a little bit more accessible. I mean, I, now that was that was another question I had actually was since Mike Tales. Um, I mean, you obviously have drank alcohol before in your life, but now that you do it weekly, as you know, systematically. <laughs> Um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to call either of us alcoholics. You can see but, the red in my yeah. face now. Nah. Um, 
some people, yeah, some people would call us alcoholics, but no, I'll say systematically. <laughs> that's that's a nice word. Twenty twenty, anything goes. There you go. That's it. Um, so since you started doing Mike Tales and started really making cocktails and trying different, maybe like bitters or different flavors and stuff like that, what is there an alcohol that you never really either never really tried or didn't like kind of care for, and now you're like you kind of seek it out sometimes. You know, is there anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly. Not that I didn't, I didn't like it, but tequila. Um, Which we did. Tequila, right? I believe we did, yeah. yeah so it's, we definitely did, yeah. So tequila okay. was something, and, I, and I've said this before on the show, like I always kind of attach tequila to memories that I've had that have been Horrible. bad memories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just bad memories of, of taking shots and, and just, you know, of gross, like, Cuervo, or even like you know, let's see the the, the one that everybody uh, the, like the really Patron, Patron like yeah, yeah I, I never it was never good, never a good thing, and until actually COVID, and that's actually when I started doing these videos with tequila because I was reading about it, people were telling me more about it, I was kind of trying to educate myself on tequila, which tequila to buy, and I just I bought that bottle of Milagro that we worked that I actually used in our episode and. Yeah my mind changed completely and I started making margaritas at home because we weren't going out to bars and like, yeah, tequila just kind of turned into a thing that I, I really have grown to admire. And you know, after that episode, I had never really had uh, Milagro before. And I was, I was kind of similar with tequila for a while. Um, yeah. If I did buy it um, once Casamigos came out, um, I, I tried that and I was like, Oh, this is, I'm like, this is, this is really good. You know? And, uh, cause Casamigos is, what's his name? Uh, George Clooney. George Clooney's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I bought it just for Haven't that. had him on yet, but no, you know, not yet. Yeah. Not yet, but you will believe me. You gotta work your, mm. you know, you'll work your way up yeah, to, to Clooney eventually. <laughs> but um, I, I'll have his cousin on or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, this is George Clooney's stand in for two of his Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I actually started buying Milagro after that because it's, it's cheap. And it's really fucking good, and it's smooth. And, it's so smooth. You know, I I used to just like you know kind of like down the hatch with tequila, like you said, right? It was just it was more there as like a workhorse. It was there to like get something done. You know, it wasn't like always enjoyable. And then as I got older, and as I started trying, you know, like white tequila and like other kinds, I started just drinking it with like ice and lime, you know, or like lime yeah. juice and lime, and just like I do that too, and sipping it. And I remember what was it one. It was July 4th, I want to say in like 2018, maybe. I got a bottle of Casamigos. My wife and I were hiding inside from the heat. We had the AC <laughs> blasting. I was still sweating. And I got Casamigos, uh, the white one. I put it in a cup. I had a giant ice cube, and I just squeezed in a fresh lime and Ooh. put a slice of, and a chunk of lime. And it was the best cocktail I had in a very long time. It was just Yes. So. Dude, I, I, that makes me really happy because, yeah, I like margaritas. They're good. But, like, you know what? You don't need triple sec, you know, or simple syrup or sour mix to make a good drink. You, that's all you need is good tequila, some ice and lime. And you're, you're, I mean, you're straight. That's it. Like that's perfect. And I'd actually rather have that than a margarita. I mean, I like margaritas. Sure. But like, I don't know. I feel like I just like, I make them for myself. I'm like, Oh, they're good, but I'd rather just get this out, you know? And like, yeah, I don't know. You want it done like, you know, like done up, you know what I mean? And totally. I mean, because and the simple cocktails, I think it's more about like just finding an essence or something that goes into it that kind of complements whatever you're drinking. And like for what started early on was like my, my dad's been doing that for years. He'll just fill up a glass of ice, he would pour in bourbon, and then he would kind of twist the peel of a blood orange and just Whoa. drink bourbon with blood orange. That's how oh I my started. God. That's how I got introduced to blood orange. And your dad is like, the coolest person in the world, by the way. Just just so we could <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he actually, he wanted me to ask you, cause I told him I was recording with you. He was like, how does he post all that shit? And he doesn't weigh 300 pounds. I don't get it. He was like, I all that stuff like looks so good. 290. <laughs> no, you don't weigh 290. I don't know. Um, but no, he's just, he said your posts are just like, like completely drool worthy. Just, like, <laughs> oh, God. well, it's, I have a funny tidbit about your dad actually. And your parents, I don't know if he remembers this, but I worked at when I was a teenager, I worked at Sea town in East Chester, New York. Oh, wow. So you really know my dad. I, because I look at pictures of your dad and I remember your dad shopping there. He's still and to this day. He still does. Yeah. Country markets. Uh, and I, and I remember ringing him up and uh, he was always very nice. I didn't know, his, you know, his overt interest in food or liquor at the time. I had probably just started drinking at that time. I was 17. 
Um, so, you know, but yeah, no, I, I have very fond memories of, of, of your, your parents coming into Seatown country markets, awesome. full disclosure. No, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. They, uh, they still go there. And, and yeah, I mean, he's the one, he, my parents were really the ones, especially my dad got me involved and interested in like harder liquor and you know, the, he, he, like a good parent should. Exactly. Yeah. And along with my mom, uh, my dad a lot, but along with my mom, he, he really took the reins and taught me how to cook. You know, he taught me how to use a yeah, knife I'm when sure. I was really young. That's um, amazing. And that's why I started cooking meals for them when I was, you know, built before I was even a teenager in some cases. Um, I love that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's nice to grow up. I think appreciating like uh, the culinary kind of arts. Cause like it's uh, for some people, like I have relatives and I have friends that are not, like that they just eat it for like fuel you know they don't care what they put in. Right. especially like like i have i have somebody i know who's like he's he's you know he's like a fitness person and he just it's just more about shoving something eat to into, live exactly eat to live get it going and yeah. i can't i i can't be like that even nah. the times that i like i've altered my diet because like a couple of years back i had i still do but i had problems with like cholesterol because of hereditary things so thanks mom yeah um and uh stuff like that so i had to really alter my diet i had to stop eating meat i had to stop eating cheese stuff like that wow and i was like fuck it i'm like i'm you know I'm, i've been losing weight let me just try and eat like a straight like protein whatever and it was it was fucking it was miserable like i hated it i don't it's understand tough. how people do that yeah and you know so and that was when i had on um, my friend jess lopez she's a fitness trainer in the city and what i love about her is that she's in better shape than most people you'll meet and she does this amazing weightlifting stuff. She works at a UFC gym. But oh, wow. She never really compromises what she eats. I mean, she makes these incredible tacos with ground beef and fresh ingredients. She makes her own tortillas from scratch with a pasta wow. and masa. Like, she's Damn. never compromised. Like, just because she's putting good food into her body, she's along the lines of thinking with me, where if you're going to do that, you don't really have to compromise it being tasty. You know, like right. you can do meal prep and still make your food taste good. I get right. that it's like it's easier to just throw grilled chicken in with brown rice and not season it and just like throw it in whatever. But why would you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I guess that whole, that whole thought process of just doing it for fuel never really kind of stuck with me, but you know, maybe I'm the same. I'm the same way. I, I, you know, growing up, you know, I think you and I both grew up in Italian American households and yes. food was always sort of a very big part of every day. Um, yeah. You know, and my mom would always be cooking my dad too sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, it was always, a kind of a thought process and then like almost like a a conversational aspect when, when you're eating you talk about it i would ask my mom what what the ingredients were i would be right. very intrigued by everything that went into what she was cooking and i would appreciate it and i still i mean even like my wife cooks and um you know i want to know like what you know what's in it like what you know what was the you know what was the inspiration behind it there's always a story right like and that's i think like if you have if you appreciate the story of a meal you're thinking differently than, than a lot of people probably, but, probably, um, yeah. but I, 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 yeah, I, that's how I live my life too. Every day, every day. Which was great. I mean, that was the whole thing was that he, he, I mean, my dad always made it a point when he was cooking to be like, come here. And he would like, he's like, so this is what you do. And he would just start explaining every single little aspect of like the prepping. And it's like, and the reason that you let it saute first and cover it is that by the time it's done, everything's, and it's just like, I love would explain every single process. So what it did was like, give me this crazy appreciation for food. And yeah. I, once I started, once I decided to really, really start taking cooking a little more seriously and try to at least, you know, amplify my own skills. I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm a chef. I'm not a chef. I don't call myself a chef ever. I think you're but, a chef. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cook. I'm a, I'm a cook who's maybe better than average, but I'm not, but I haven't gone to school. I haven't earned the title. Necessarily. You don't have to go to school. I mean, but I, I, going to school is fine. It's great. I, but I, I, I consider you to be a chef. That's just me. Thank you. Bro. That's high praise. Thank you. Um, so here, while we're still kind of in the realm of Mike Tales, uh, all right. Best cocktail for the summer and best cocktail for the winter. Best cocktail for the summer. And most people probably won't like this, but I don't really care. Is a pina colada. There you go. Okay. You know, frozen <laughs> pina colada, preferably in a, in a pineapple um also preferably with maraschino cherries not the good ones the shitty shitty ones the shitty maraschino with the syrup like still with the syrup on top of the little red juice but you have to have a floater without a floater it's not not there's no there's no point you might as well be drinking a milkshake or something right exactly pina colada with a floater in a pineapple cold as fuck 
that's that's my ideal summer drink. Okay, and for the winter, I know we're not there yet, but I mean, you have had alcohol in the winter. And I'm in so. Florida. It's hard for me to think about that. Um, <laughs> and I miss. I love the cold weather so much. Yeah. In the winter, um, I would say something like. Ah, oh, man, I don't, that's a tough. I mean, I guess anything with bourbon or whiskey, right? You want to do like a Manhattan, a Manhattan. Yeah. Okay, Manhattan, a Manhattan, or maybe even like an old fashioned something like that. Yeah, old. Fa- I I like Manhattans a lot. I mean, I, I like the sort of they have a to me like a Manhattan sweet, but it's like brooding, you know, like it has that velvety kind of. It's like a little coat. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Manhattan would be my winter go to. I think. I think, I think, of, I think of winter in Manhattan. Like okay. that to me is like the ideal. I. I, I miss New York so much. I think about New York every day. Like, I'm sure, yeah. Well, you lived in Queens. I mean, you were in you were right in the uh, in the hub of it too. You know, you had yeah. access to you were on the same strip of an island there with you know some of the best food the city has to offer in Queens and Brooklyn. Yeah, and you know, and you were you know not far from fucking Manhattan. Like, oh my god, you know. I think I was talking about this with the girl that was on last episode, uh, Tiffany, mm. and she's got a food page and she's based mainly in like Stamford, Norwalk. And okay. we were saying how like out there, there's certain things like, or like I live in Northern Westchester. So like yeah. there's certain cuisines that you kind of have to seek out around here when you're not in the city, when you're in Queens, Brooklyn, when you're in Manhattan, you don't, you have to realize you have access to some of the most like varied food options that anyone in the country does, you know? Yeah. Queens, Queens, especially, I think Queens, just Queens yeah. to me, Queens is like the epicenter of international cuisine. And there's, right. you know, from, from, just amazing Chinese food to, to incredible Mexican food, right. Indonesian, you have Korean I mean, food and flushing. Korean, the, there's flushing, like, you know. Filipino, there's um, Balkan. I mean, there's so much, you know, and it's like, it's, it's a subway trip away and not even, sometimes it's, you walk down the street and you can get yeah. something like, you know, it's exotic and amazing. And, and that's to me, like living in Queens or even in Brooklyn, like I, I what an amazing place and now that i'm in florida i'm like wow i really i miss those like sort of divey spots where you can just pick up something for three dollars and take you away to another part of the world you know like i miss that immensely not that you don't have that here you do but it's new york has that sort of gritty kind of option right it's like it's like quick and fast access too and it's like i mean it's so it's so cheap yeah exactly i mean it's and i mean you you can certainly get food that is you know very expensive in New York, but you have so many options to not, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's I just, really you know, people stuff. talk about like fine dining and yeah, no, I'm sorry. You actually, there was a little a bit of a pause there. That's why I oh, talked okay, over here. I apologize, but no, 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 um, they, like, you know, fine dining and stuff like that in New York is always something, I mean, I appreciate it, but dude, if I can pick anything to eat, it'll be, Go, going to Flushing, you know, going to, going, going to the New World Mall or going to like a little stand that serves dumplings that some 73-year-old grandmother is, is making, you know, with her hands. Like, right. that is, what a treat. Like, I, I, you know. Well, I'm starting to notice a theme on my podcast now when I talk to people that have food Instagrams or people that are just food people. I mean, do you agree that like, it's, it's all, look, it's always nice, especially when you're looking at a picture of food, right? It's mm-hmm. always nice to look at something that looks like a work of art, right? we all would love to play it like that. I've tried it before, you know, it's, it's fun, but I think what really sparks joy and what really kind of brings out relatability with people and makes things wholesome is when they're looking at something that like, like they know what it tastes like. You know what I mean? Like if you get, let's say you go get like, you know, like, um, I don't know, uh, like a Cuban sandwich somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was pressed down, you know, on the plancha and stuff like that. And it's just fucking, it's just dripping with the cheese and you can see the pickles peeking through. Like people who have eaten that, like, you know what that tastes like, you know, about like the warmth when you bite in mixed with like the cold of the pickles and the crunch and like, or like if you see a pizza and the pepperonis are nice and curled up because it means it was like sliced from an actual stick, you know what I mean? Roni cups. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, you know what this stuff tastes like. And I feel like I'm noticing is like the real things that people appreciate and the stuff that like people have really loved on things that like I've posted that you've posted are things that they know and things that they can kind of relate to, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's nice to see a plate of, you know, duck confit that's plated beautifully with like a spread on the bottom and a glaze. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever get to yourself to a French restaurant, that's awesome. But sure. You know, I would much prefer like, you know, um, French street food, you know, like uh, you, we, I was in Paris and I had a croak uh, madame like mm-hmm. at in Paris and it was just, it was, it was great. I mean, my wife and I, we were in Paris for a honeymoon and we spent five or six days there. 
And wow. the last night we went to a really nice bistro. I had roast duck. She had this amazing beef dish. It was plated beautifully. But honestly, like the best meal that we had there was we just got like two wood fired pizzas that mm-hmm. were made around the corner from the Eiffel Tower. We <laughs> went to the park in the Eiffel Tower and we just drank wine and vodka and ate <laughs> fucking pizzas. I love and it. That was like, and it was the best date night ever. And it was the best food ever. And I feel like street food like that, it connects people with what they know. And I'm starting to realize like you, you would imagine Instagrams that like blow up as being you know, uh, these plates of these, these works of art that you would never aspire to kind of do. But what really captures people, I feel like, is when they look at something and they're just like, yeah, man, like, you know, like, I know what that feels like, you know, like, I know what that, that, that tastes like. And I'm starting to realize that, like, with, with social media influencers, and I don't know how you feel about this, I think when you're able to post something that people can really relate to, that's when you really kind of grasp it. Because you're, you're putting out something that's part of their lives, you know? And so in a way they need other people to kind of post in order to kind of bring them back to their own like memories and their own, like, you know, senses that they like tastes and all that shit. And, you know, I, yeah, no, no, no. I, I 1 million percent agree with you. Basically every time somebody kind of talks about this to me and I have a conversation about it, it all goes back to one thing. Um, it's the emotion food for me is the emotional connection that you have to it, whether it's some, something beautifully plated, which I don't really have much of an emotional connection to fine dining. Cause I just didn't grow up eating at fine dining spots, right. but whether it's that or whether it's a, a sandwich or something, you know, um, usually for me, it's a sandwich, you know? Yes. Um, but I think back to, you know, the last thing I posted on Instagram was a sandwich, but I think back to, um, the film Ratatouille, like the, the oh, cartoon animated movie. Like one of my, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you have this French kid who doesn't know how to cook and he learns how to cook through a rat. It's a little silly, whatever. <laughs> However, the last, the, one of the final scenes that film resonated with me more than anything in any other movie is when the food critic, who's a big snob who only likes fine dining sits down and he's presented with this plate of ratatouille. Now ratatouille is peasant food. So he's yeah. he, he sort of scoffed at it, but he sits down and he has this plate of ratatouille and he takes a bite of it. And I get choked up every time I talk about it, literally. Yeah. I'm getting choked up now a little bit, <laughs> but he, it takes him back to, you know, like his mother. Yeah. Um, and, and that to me is like. It's beautiful. It yeah. Really is. I mean, because you know? that's, that's what it's all about. You know, it's yeah. all about cooking things that, you know, touch people in a certain way. And yeah. to do that, you have to kind of tap into what people really, really love. It's yep. always, it's always going to be fun to go to a restaurant that you're paying way too much money for, eating something you never would have eaten, looks beautiful, great. You know what? It's more of an experience. Yeah. It's kind of. And like I never out. regret that. I never right. have buyers remorse no, with food exactly. ever. Yeah. yeah, ever. But it's. I think it's better when you eat something that just completely takes you back to like your childhood, or you eat something mm-hmm. that just completely like fills you with this like wholesome, warm, amazing like memory. And like, that's what I feel like trendy food is transitioning into, you know, like a lot of these places have simplified the ingredients that go in and they focus more on what they source instead of trying to find the newest truffle trend, right? Yeah. Like a, the newest spinoff on whatever black truffle. Truffles are so in. fucking overrated, but yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Like truffles have their place, but the insertion sure. of truffles have, had just gotten out of hand at one point. Truffle oil, tr- you know, it's like. I don't want, I'm sorry. I don't want your dish doused in truffle oil. I don't, I have no interest, you know? So yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, anyway, so, I mean, that was one thing I noticed. So, all right, back to a question as we start to kind of go on the, uh, the resolution here. Um, kind of an interesting one. I don't know. You uh, definitely might hopefully not throw you off. If you could have one guest on Mike tales, who's dead, one dead guest, who would you want to interview and have a cocktail with and talk with for an hour? Ah, that's a good question. Jeez. I asked that question sort of on my show, like in a way, and I, I, I'm always fear that I'm going to be asked that question because it's such a good question. I'm not going to answer it with somebody that I know because that's just a, to me, that's like a cop out. Right. Um, you said a meal or a drink? A uh, drink, right? Just like, drink. just like how you do Mike tales, like bring somebody on talk yeah, with them, yeah. and then while you're talking, make a cocktail, you know? Oh, I know who it would be. Yeah. It would be Joe Strummer. Gotcha. From the clash. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, I mean, right now, especially just because to me, 
out of most people, he was such a guy of the world that I just want to hear his view on everything. He seems so like just Zen and chill and, and yeah, it would be Joe Strummer. Definitely. That's it. I, I did not expect that. That's awesome. That's it. Yeah. Which also leads me into one thing that you and I connect on a lot. Similar taste in music. You are a crazy huge ska, ska punk fan. Uh, which, yeah, I am. Yeah. Which I love because I was in a ska punk reggae band, you know, and I grew up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, we were called short bus and we, uh, we were like um, in the very beginning it was like uh, one guy described this as like the Ramones and Bob Marley who had a baby. And oh, man. Towards the end of it, it was like um, like early Chili Peppers, like hardcore kind nice. of punk. I love and, that. Uh, like Fishbone sort of. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And it was, it, it, was, it was great. I mean, that kind of music to me, it's always been about like positivity. And it's always just been about like, even if there's like a serious message, right? Like yeah. um, you had on uh, somebody who I love from the band The Suicide Machines. Uh, and Jay Navarro, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had, and he, you know, he, his songs can be very political and they can be, you know, very serious, and they've always kind of been like that. But even that, it just gives off this like kind of good, like happy kind of vibe, and it gets people energetic. And as, we need as, that now more than right, anything, yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. And and I had, I used to love the song High Anxiety too because I grew up playing Tony. I just Hawk. listened I, to it. Yeah, imagine, I love that. Yeah, I grew up playing Tony Hawk, and then he went on. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, it's so fucking great. Oh and man. So, but that's, you uh, need to watch their, their, they just did a Halloween live stream. Oh, sorry, but you, you need to watch it. It's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. It's and amazing. you are, and you are possibly uh, the biggest Mighty Mighty Boston's fan uh, in the entire world. <laughs> How many times have you seen them live? Uh, probably, it's in the 80s. Jesus, fuck, 80 something times? Yeah, they, they mean everything to me. I have a Boston's tattoo. Um, nice. You know, they, and it, it kind of escaped me in my twenties, but they mean the, they mean the world to me. And they just, you know, talk about positivity and bringing the world together. And they've always just been about that. And I, I love them. I love them yeah. so much. And it's just, I mean, they, they've always just pumped out like incredible music too. I mean, it's always just been fun to listen to. And it's always, it's just like the horns, like everything just like, fuck it. It's just like explodes. Like, I love that. Yeah. Oh, God. Live. They're just, yeah. It's just, I, it's well, just I can amazing. imagine any, anything live. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, I don't know. So, all right. As we start coming towards a close here, uh, one thing I do with everyone that's on. All right, I've mm-hmm. done this for a while. Uh, you're familiar with the game from grade school, "Fuck Mary Kill," right? Yes. So I do "Fuck Mary Kill," but I do it with food and meals. So okay, I like could, that. All right. So if you could have like one meal where you just have like a dirty one night stand with, right, and then another meal that you would just spend the rest of your life with, and then something that you never have to have ever again. All right, that's a good question. All right, so. Fuck Mary Kill. I think if I'm gonna fuck a food, it would be like just a really, really dank burrito. You know, just give me like a. I want it to be greasy. I want it to be just lush and perfectly layered and cheesy and just. It it makes you feel like you want to die after, but it's so (laughs) worth it. It's kind of like when you have a one night stand. You know, you want to die after. Usually, you're like, why every day? Yeah. Yeah, that the next morning you're just crying in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and actually, if I'm going to specify a burrito from, it would be from uh, La Masita in in they're actually in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Oh, wow. uh, okay. To name drop, but their burritos, I I dream about them. I miss them so much. Yeah, Al Pastor burrito. That's it. Fuck. Oh God. With the pork and the pineapple. Oh, so good, and it's just oh yeah, they're just so good. Um, all right. Marry. Yeah, something that every day for the rest of your life, if you could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say orecchietti with spicy sausage and broccoli broth. Wow, okay. Yeah, I, that's, I, that like just speaks to me. Right, it's something that you know and it's something you wouldn't mind. Like, it's like, it's a weird question, but, and you would think that people aren't like this, but there's something that all of us wouldn't mind just eating once a day for the rest of our life. Like, Dude, I've had it for breakfast. I've had it for lunch. I've had it for dinner. Literally, right. I've had it cold for breakfast. It's just those flavor combinations. I, I feel like you get a little bit of that every day in your life. But there's umami. There's sweetness. There's bitter. There's fat. It's just the perfect blend of ingredients. Perfect mix, right? I love it. Kill. Yeah, something you just you could you could go the rest of your life without ever having again. Stuffed cabbage. Really? I'm not a fan. Yeah, I could see that. There's nothing really too exciting about that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure just, there's people, you know, who love it. It just doesn't do it. I, I don't know, man. Like, 
the, the texture of it doesn't do it for me. The flavor usually, I, I don't know. And I think about it, like I want to like it, but I just never do. Yeah, that's, so I'm going to kill it. Was, yeah, I was, I might actually like that. And I'm kind of still on like that ironic with um, peppers, but sweet peppers, which sounds yeah. weird because I, I've been eating straight jalapenos for years. As you know, I make a hot sauce and every time I make oh, my hot so sauce. It's so good. It's I so eat, good. Thank you. I eat a habanero yeah. every time I cook my hot sauce. It's like my ritual. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, because I'm older. I can't do drugs anymore. So this is what I do. You know, you eat a habanero, you get a little loose. You don't have kids yet. You can still do drugs. Yeah, just like quietly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, for some reason, from when I was young, sweet peppers used to just like make me gag. Since, when, ever since I moved <laughs> out and I moved in and I got, you know, with my wife and I started cooking for not just myself, I, I, I do eat them now and I kind of like them, but it's still like, just kind of like, if somebody was like, you can't ever have a bell pepper for the rest of your life. I'd be like, cool. But, I agree you know, with that. You know? Yeah. I, I think the only thing I really like sweet peppers in is sausage and peppers. Right. Because, but that's blended into the grease of the sausage and the oils right. that come out from the sausage and the preserves. And the, it you, flavors it's like, them. Right. And it, they're mean, filler. Even, right. Even like one of my favorite snacks Something that my dad actually, before I uh, le- before I moved out, one of the things that he started doing was Sea Town. Actually, would get these beautiful uh, shishito peppers, oh, and wow. he would heat up a cast iron that he had, ripping hot, just throw them in um, olive oil and then salt after, and that's it. And they get like oh, black man. and charred, yeah. charred shishito peppers because they're not Dude. that hot. But I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. But uh, I mean, <laughs> that's very very nice little snack. That's like an oh. elevated. I like that. Yeah, it's nice. Your dad again. Your dad, like, yeah, what a guy. I know he's killing it. I know I gotta try to have him on one day. Yeah, I was but, gonna uh, say. Hey. But um, but yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, this is this is. I mean, this is. It's been great to not only you know do this episode, but just in general, kind of get to know you a little bit better because we, you know, we. I don't know if we ever actually met in person. Have we met in person? <laughs> You know, Maybe, we probably well, have. Probably when I was like 10 and you were at, you know, 30 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we probably have. I mean, we are from the same town. Um, well, I knew and, your brother. And, and Yeah, and I knew your brother. I knew John. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I used to skate with him. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just, uh, you know, it, but it's, it's weird because it took, you know, years after that and a social media platform for you to start like connecting with people. And a like, pandemic. And a pandemic. <laughs> really you couldn't hang out together. To the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's weird because I feel like I've, I've started to do that more and I don't know how you feel about it, but now with the sep- the forced separation from everybody, it kind of makes you reevaluate, you know, people maybe that you've come into contact with who you just never, you know, you never saw in person, you each led your own lives. And now that everyone was kind of like, you know, like steady in one place i feel like it kind of opened up opportunities for all of us you know i feel like i agree you, you explored more with your food page and you were able to do other things and like you know i was able to start cooking more and like explore you know like over like back to what we were talking about the pandemic for me and i don't know what it was you know about with you but for me as far as cooking i started thinking like you know i i want to challenge myself but not like oh what's the craziest meal i can make like what am I missing, like, from the fundamentals? Like, what's something that's just, like, a fucking staple, like, a basic that I maybe never even made, right? Like, I right. Rec- like I tried making um, – the hell was it? Like, all right, I made my own hot dog buns, right? That's insane, by yeah, the way. Bread, yeah. yeah, but bread was a big thing. Like, I, I had baked it a couple times, and then during the pandemic, everyone was kind of doing, like, banana bread and stuff. But I was like, you know what? I want to make, like, ciabatta. I want to make sandwich rolls. I made bread. Yeah. Like, you know, I made fucking focaccias like out, like out the wazoo. It's insane. I and, love it. And right now I'm actually in the middle. I have a sourdough starter that I'm feeding and growing. So I'm going to attempt sourdough. I tried. I failed miserably. That's yeah. a whole fucking other thing. That's like the, oh my God. Like my friend Dylan it was deep into it. He did it for months on end. Uh, and because once you get a starter growing, it just lasts forever. It's yeah, just, I still don't really understand the whole thing with it. I'm so, such a layman when so it comes weird. to that It's stuff. like uh, the idea with a starter is like you – you take equal parts of flour and water to begin, right? Mm-hmm. And you allow that to kind of grow and start to ferment. After it starts to kind of get bubbly and grow, you pour out half of the starter and then into what's left in the jar, you add equal parts, flour and water. What you're doing is that's called feeding it. And you're basically making something that helps the bread have a tang. It helps it grow and it acts almost like as an extra yeast. Like when you make sourdough, you don't need yeast because you've got that as the source for like growing. And so that, and it gives it this like amazing like tang. 
It's very temperamental. Nice. Sorry, you got to control the temperature, like all that shit. I'm For sure. Me, during the pandemic, I started looking at all this stuff and I was like, you know, what's like fundamental and like basic that I was really like missing? You know what I mean? Like what's yeah. something that, and like, you know, Ratatouille, something that I made as well, which nice. it's, it, you were right. It's really, it's a fucking, it's like a peasant dish and it's so good. It's just a stew. It's so good. It's like a veggie stew for people. It's that so comforting. Afford, you know? Yeah. It's like you eat it. It's a kitchen it's like, sink. Like, right. yeah. Exactly. And I love which, it. Which is our favorite meals. I mean, our, our favorite meals are like beef stew, chili, you know, things like that. Lentil soup, like things that just like, you know, poor comfort food peasants for years. Yeah. It just like, this is all we have access to. And, you know, we started utilizing like the crock pot a lot more um, because aside from that could be both work. Yeah. Same. It's just like, it's amazing. Like I, mm-hmm. um, I make rotisserie chicken a lot and uh, I, nice. I started making a rotisserie rub as you know, but the crock pot is, so you are a chef, by the way, just to get back to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rotisserie so, rub. Which, like, I don't, I haven't cooked in like four months. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's, you know what? It's honestly, it helped, it not only helped pass the time, but it also kind of helped me access, I don't know. It helped me access a more fundamental part of my brain. I think like back to like, all right, well, what makes this dish good? Or like, why right. do people like these things? You know? And I still, I say this all the time, but still to this day, the best meal that we love to have all the time. It was the first meal I ever cooked in our apartment when we first moved in together years ago. And it's just um, pasta adi ode with just garlic, oil, chili flakes, and pasta, maybe a little bit of parsley, but not even just yeah. spaghetti or linguine. And that's it. With Parmesan that's your, your Mary right there. That's it. I mean, that's yeah. we, could, we, could, we could eat that every day. It's a that's perfect pasta. I, I, it's, so, it's so simple. It's so good. I exactly. love it. I mean, that's, and it's because it's more about what you get but um balance balance exactly but uh anyway so thank you i can't even thank you begin to thank you enough thank you you know and uh guys i'm gonna put uh i'm gonna put mike's info in the description and when i post on instagram but it's very easy just go to at all the food is all for me all one word no dots no underscores nothing like that just at all the food is all for me Great fucking username, by the way. Very easy to remember. <laughs> Thanks. Um, a nod to the national. All yeah. the wine is all for me. There you go. <laughs> all the food is all for me. But uh, yeah. So guys, I'll put his links in the description. Mike, anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Any guests that you're having you want to promote one more time for Mike Tales? Yeah. I mean, well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. This has been a blast. You're, you're, I, I got to say, like, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, and, and the whole, you know, just having this community is great. Um, and your show is great. And um, thanks again. But yeah, no, I mean, basically tomorrow we're doing a Mike Tales, um, Rachel Feinstein, comedian. She's so funny. I'm excited to talk to her tomorrow. And uh, yeah, there's some, some fun stuff coming up with Mike Tales. So tune in. Awesome. Guys, you can find him on Instagram at all the food is all for me. Uh, Facebook.com, I believe, right? All the food is all for me. I deleted the Facebook. Oh, but the Facebook is gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So just uh, stick with the Instagram. And guys, every week he's on Mike Tales. It's live on Instagram, usually between the hours of like 5 and 7, right? Depending Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I try to keep it every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern okay. Standard. Yeah. Wednesday at 5. And uh, Mike, thank you so much. Um, I My pleasure. Recording. Uh, guys, tune in. I'm going to have another guest in the near future, and I don't even know who it is, but I promise it won't be boring. And this has been Spicy Memories episode, I want to say 10, but I'm not 100% sure. And I'll see you guys next time. All right.